On today's show, from Big Brother 21, Cliff Hogg. Howdy, guys. How's everyone doing? Uh, welcome and greetings from Houston, Texas. Everybody, welcome to the Mike Grand Show. And today's special guest is from Big Brother 21, Cliff Hogg. Hey, Cliff, how are you? I'm doing fantastic. Ah, welcome to 2021. And Mike, thank you so much for having me on. You're welcome. I'm glad to have you here. So we're going to have a lot of fun today, guys, talking about Big Brother. <laughs> so, Cliff, the first thing I want to know is I know that you've been a Big Brother fan. Can you tell us how long you've watched the show and how did you get cast? Because I heard an interesting story about how you actually tried out that it was that they came for auditions in your local town. Yeah, it worked pretty. It, it was amazing. I, I've been a fan since I guess I actually watched the very first season and then kids and all. And it's, I kind of stepped away from it. But I really started watching uh, again during season eight, which had Janelle and Evil Dick and D Danielle, just an amazing season. And so I watched that first season, got hooked, got my wife hooked onto the show over the next season or two. And by then, my kids were old enough that, that we started watching it as a family. And so really, what's that, 13 years plus or minus, something like that, that, that I've been a fan. And I've watched live feeds for the last uh, three, four, five years, something like that. So kind of all in here for a while and it just I've enjoyed all kinds of reality TV uh, but it's obviously Big Brother's one of the big ones and had a had a blast with it and have enjoyed every bit uh, as far as the auditions yeah it was, it was really pretty amazing I uh, you know you always say oh that'd be fun to do something like that and, and you picture in your head how you would do if if you were in the house and playing the game and everything but I had never actually tried out or, or done any even really considered it too seriously until uh, February of 2019 and Haley Broker from season 20 uh, had uh, posted on her Twitter feed that there were going to be live auditions here in Houston and just come on down to the local bar and, and try out and my wife and I actually were heading over uh, Houston has a big rodeo that also has a big barbecue cook-off and so we were going over to the the rodeo and the barbecue cook-off so I already was kind of dudded up I had my my best cowboy boots on, my hat and everything else. And so we said, well, let's just go watch the people try out. Let's see what kind of people actually try out for this show. It'll just be fun just to watch. We get over there about 15 minutes before the line closes down. There's a long line of people waiting, waiting to try out. And we're in the car for just a second. I said, well, rather than just sitting here, let's go get in line and talk to these people and just see what's going on. Why not? So I got in the back of the line and we talked a little bit and everything. After a while, I said, well, I'm here. I might as well go ahead and try out just so I can tell everyone, hey, I tried out for Big Brother. You're not ever thinking anything would come of it. Yeah, hundreds and hundreds of people. And so I waited in line for a couple hours. I was the very last little group of people to be seen. And next thing you know, I'm in, I'm in Burbank, California doing Big Brother. So it was, uh, it was lightning in a bottle. The fact that the first time I tried out, it just happened to work out and all of that. So it was, it was quite the whirlwind. 
<laughs> awesome. What kind of questions did they ask you in that in initial interview? Well, I can't go into a lot of details because I know they're, they're always strict on that. But I'll say this, if you ever try it for Big Brother, it's important that you don't just get on your cell phone while you're standing there in line. You better pretend like you're playing the game already and talk to the people around you and uh, just just be aware of what's going on and, and just figure that you, you got to start playing the game already. For me, I, I, I can't tell you, I, I had a question like, what would make you a great player? Uh, uh, why would you be great on Big Brother? And so I, I think I said something like, oh, the reason I would win Big Brother is because I'm a storyteller. I've traveled all over the world and I kind of threw out my spiel. I, I always tell people when they're going to, to try out, don't make anything up about who you are. Don't say, I'm going to be the villain if that's not the kind of person that you are. Just figure out what makes you stand out from everyone else and then emphasize that. Do everything you can to make sure that you continue to talk about that and they're aware of that. So for me, it was the fact I was the older guy. I'd been a world traveler. I had a whole lot of stories to tell and that was kind of my focus and I guess it worked. <laughs> and, and what did your wife and kids have to say when they found out you were actually cast on the show? I mean, I know that they were obviously happy for you, but then, you know, you're going to be away for, you don't know how long you're going to be gone for. So what was their reaction to that? Yeah, that was pretty interesting. My wife, my wife knew from the very beginning because she was there with me at the tryouts and everything else. And, and every time I would get a little call or something would come up and I'd kind of advance a little further in an audition process, she'd say, Cliff, you're going to get on this show. You are, you're going to be on this show. And, and I was trying to temper my, my expectations. And so I'd always say, yeah, you know, yeah, I made it to the next level, but there's still hundreds of people. It's cool that I'm doing the ride and the adventure, but eventually they're going to shut it down. And, and so I tried to, tried to stay a little, I'm a, I tend to be an optimistic person, but in this situation, I tried to really not get too excited until just a few weeks before the show potentially started. And I started thinking, wow, I may actually make it on it by the time, if I've gone this far, there's a chance I may actually be on the show and I've got to rethink everything about it. Uh, because it, it certainly is, even though I was the person on the show, it really did involve my whole family. They uh, yeah, my wife was, was here by herself. And when I went in, I didn't think it was necessarily going to be three and a half months. I kind of thought, well, it could be a week or two and I may be right back home, but uh, she was here. But fortunately my, my kids, I don't know for them, it's a little different. It's one thing to have a family member to go on big brother, but it's, it's a whole other level to have your dad go on big brother and be on TV 24 seven and doing all the goofy stuff that we do and everything else. So uh, yeah, they were a little shocked when they first found out and I didn't, they didn't find out until right before all of it finally happened. Uh, and in fact, I didn't know for certain I was on the show until I found my key. And yeah, I, I thought there was a possible chance once they came out to film promos and everything, but I didn't know until I got the key. So yeah, they were excited, but I knew it made it easier while I was in the house, knowing that my, my wife and kids and, and my mom as well, that, that all my family would be pulling together and supporting each other. And so I didn't have to worry about them here back home. Now, did your kids watch Big Brother as well? So were they fans of the show? Oh yeah, yeah, they had watched it as okay. well. And, uh, and so, yeah, they, they knew about it and they watched the live feeds and everything as well. And we played a few fantasy leagues where we'd pick different players and, and see how they did every season. So. Yeah, everyone in the family were, were fans. And when I was trying out, I'll never forget, when I was standing in line and my daughter called and said, what are y'all doing? 
And we said, oh, we're standing in line to try out for Big Brother. And she said, what in the world are you doing trying out for Big Brother? And I said, well, you know, why not? Just another, another thing I could say I did in life. And yeah, I, I know no one thought anything of it. And of course, I had to tell everyone after the fact that, yeah, I'm, I tried out, but nothing ever came of it and had to keep everyone in the dark a little bit. So yeah, they were a little shocked when I finally told them. Yep. And tell us what it was like because you were, tell us a little bit about your job and what you did before Big Brother. And were, did you take a leave of absence or how did that work out for you? Yeah, well, that, that is tough. I'm a petroleum engineer, so I work in the oil field. And I had to go into my, my, my boss at, at one point a few weeks ahead of time and say, look, I, I'm not saying for certain, but there is a possibility that I have something coming up that is uh, that I'm going to have to take an extended leave of absence. And I can't tell you what it is. I can't say anything about it right now, but you, you'll know shortly if that's the case. I said, I'm not going to a competitor. I'm not becoming a consultant. I just have to take a once in a lifetime, uh, a leave of absence for once in a lifetime type deal. And he kind of looked at me a little bit. And at one point, I guess he kind of figured it out eventually because he, he looked at me and said, you're going to be on TV. I said, well, no, I, I can't tell you anything. And he said, you're going to be on Survivor, right? I said, well, <laughs> I can't tell you anything, but you're going to be a little surprised. Uh, but no, it, it was difficult because at the end of it, uh, I, I was able to kind of take an extended leave of absence uh, to some degree, but I was told, hey, once your, your vacation and your, your, all your sick day, everything runs out. Once that runs out, we're going to have to uh, end employment with you. And then when you get back, you can reapply and, and all of that. And so what a lot of people don't know is on day 30, which was the day that I was evicted from the house and then I won the battle back, that following Monday is where all my, my time off ended. So if I hadn't battled back into the house, uh, then I would have come back and, and just made the deadline and gotten back in. So when I won that battle back, I said, okay, well, now I know that the job is kind of gone. I'm going to have to try to reapply when I get back. So I'm in it 100% at this point in time. I better give it everything I got to the very end. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, it it was tough, and I think maybe that's one of the reasons that we don't have more older people on the uh, the show. Is it, it definitely it, it takes a lot to to break away from from a job for for a few months to do something like that. And uh, when I got back, I talked to everyone at work and found out they were all excited, and they all had the show up, the feeds up on the computers, and they were all going back and forth talking about me the whole time. So yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. Tell us what it was like your first day entering the house when you got to walk in there for the first time, what was going through your mind and what were you thinking as you looked at these other competitors and looking at the house itself? Oh my gosh, that, that was, that's when it really hit home uh, that I was on the show. When I walked inside and suddenly I see the cameras up there instead of just watching the live feeds and watching people walk in. And I remember when I, when I first walked in, of course I'm standing on the stage with Julie Chin and everyone else and, and looking around and, and kind of the nerves are, are picking up a little bit, getting excited. And when we first walked in, I don't know what it is. It's just a different perspective because when I walked in, I was all turned around. I, I wasn't really sure where the kitchen was, where everything else was. I'm trying to look around and, and getting my bearings of, of how this house looks. Of course, after three and a half months, I know every square inch of that house. <laughs> you know, it doesn't take long, but 
my thought when I first got in is, oh my God, there are so many people in here. How am I going to remember everyone's names? Uh, because that was my biggest worry was that yeah, I, I knew being the older guy that there was a possibility I was going to be an early target. So I wanted to do everything I can to start building up some relationships. But it was just one person after another coming up and saying hi and then moving on. And it, it was hard. Uh, but, but that's when it really became... I, at that point in time, I just, I just wanted to kind of jump up and down, throw my hands in the air. Ah, I'm in the Big Brother house. This is so cool. So it was, it was pure joy at that moment in time. <laughs> and what was your strategy going in? Did you have a strategy as to how you think you were going to play the game when you went into the house? Yeah, I did. Uh, because I was an older person and because the older person so often is targeted at the very start, I really thought I'm going to have to be a little bit more aggressive than, than other people. I can't afford to just sit back and, and let other people do everything. And, and that's one of the reasons I volunteered for camp director at the very beginning, just because I was suspecting I could be a target if I didn't try to kind of take control as much as I could. It didn't work out so well, but I was at least going to make the effort. But yeah, my strategy really was to try to find some strong people in the house and come up to them and say, look, I, I would love to work with you. I will be the most loyal soldier you can ever imagine. Uh, I just, uh, I'll give you votes and everything else, but, but I want to work with, with some strong people. And I was worried going in that we we're going to see a big alliance form similar as what we really had formed. And so my thinking was, if that's the case, and we've got a strong alliance that I'm not a part of, I've got to do everything possible to try to make sure that there's always someone else in that house that's a bigger target than I am. Whatever it takes, I'll do some whispering, some pointing, whatever I need to do to make sure that someone else has that target on their back instead of me. Because my thinking was, if I can survive three or four weeks, by that point in time, hopefully I've built up enough relationship uh, and connections that, that I won't be the easy boot, the easy target. But for that first week or two, I really was worried that everyone was just gonna say, nah, get rid of the old guy. We don't, who cares? He's, no, he's, he's double everyone else's age. Let's just boot him out of the house. So I was, I was really worried that first two weeks and I had to make sure that I had other targets that they were looking at other than myself. Was there anyone in the house uh, from the beginning that you just immediately clicked with and you're like, oh, I can form an alliance with this one. We're, we're just hitting it off really well. Yeah, there were a few of them. Ovi uh, was maybe my, my very first person I really wanted to work with. I just I love Ovi. He's, he's such a great guy and, and I really wanted to work with him. Uh, who else? Uh, um, Nick uh, was, was someone that I kind of thought he... He seemed athletic enough that, that I thought maybe we could make something work. And, and so I tried to kind of whisper to him. When we voted for camp director, I threw my vote to Nick just to show a little loyalty if I could to him. Uh, so he, he was another one. Cat was from Dallas. So I thought, well, maybe I can, I can work the, the Texas connection a little bit. Uh, so, yeah, I was trying to shoot early in the process. I was pretty much willing to work with anyone that, that would work with me. So I was keeping everything open. Uh, at that point in time. Uh, Nicole, uh, I, I'm, I met Nicole and uh, I remember thinking, oh man, she, she's so petite, she's so small, but she's so just kind of happy and smiling and everything else. And uh, so I, I thought maybe I could do something with her also. But as it turns out, you know, I got banished on day one and it was at the hands of, of Mickey and all that. But when I got back into the house, I, I really sat there and thought, you know, I want to work with a strong person. And Mickey has proven that he's got a lot of connections and is obviously a strong, it looks like he's going to be a strong competitive guy. 
So I actually approached him right after I got banished and said, look, everyone's going to expect for me to really go after you at this point in time to be upset with you. It's all water under the bridge. Let's work together. Let me work with you and, and no one will suspect it at all. And, and that worked all right for a long time in that game. Tell us what it was like, as you mentioned that, you know, you were part of Camp Comeback and you were eliminated in the beginning, but then you got your way back in. So tell us what that process was like and what you felt like once you won it and you got back into the house. Oh, that was, that was a rough day because it's day one. We've gone through all the audition process. We've been sequestered while they're waiting to actually bring us onto the show. I go in and it's my worst nightmare that uh, we start off up on the, in the backyard and, and Julie tells us that four of us are going to be banished. And at the time, she didn't say that three of you are coming back. She just said four of you are being banished. And all I can think is, nah, that, that's great. I'm sure they're going to bring four veterans in and there are four of us going home or something. And I bet I'm one of those four because that's, you know, 25% of the house and all. And then sure enough, and I tried to sell myself to Mickey when he won camp director. But as soon as I saw that giant squirrel work, walk in my direction, I said, nah, this is it. I, I, I know I'm gone. And, and sure enough, I got nabbed and taken away. And I didn't know who the other three people who'd been banished were uh, either. And so at that point in time, I'm having to wait forever until we actually do the, uh, the dark forest competition. And I don't even know who I'm competing with to try to fight my way back into the house. Uh, but we finally had to do that, the black forest, the maze to, to get out. And it was dark. It was every bit as uh, absolutely pitch black. Couldn't see a thing in front of you. Uh, but at that time, I saw Jessica and David and Kimmy, and I thought, oh, man, especially, they're so athletic. David and Kimmy, are, they're, they're athletic. They're, they're young. You know, it's probably going to come down to Jessica and I as who people are going to think maybe won't make it back into the house. And I so much did not want to go home on, on day one because we also didn't know that the person going home was not actually going home but eventually coming back in. So when they said go, then I, I was looking for those entrances and I, my, my wife and kids laugh because I've talked forever about mazes, that I have strategies on the way to solve mazes and, uh, and I've always said, oh, I'm an expert at mazes. And so the very first challenge was a maze in the dark and sure enough, I'm the first one in there. I get back into the house and that was, that was an amazing feeling because then I, I at least knew I was going to be in the house for, for a while and have a chance to develop some relationships with people. I was going to get to spend a night in the Big Brother house. How horrible would that have been not to even get to sleep in that house 24 hours? Yep. <laughs> and tell us what it was like just a typical week in the Big Brother house. How did, how did it work out? Because I also heard you didn't get to go outside too much either. Yeah, it's uh, the biggest word I can use for, for a typical week in there is just boredom. Just absolute boredom. It's uh, we... We only get the, the backyard for a couple of days a week, and it's a little tough. You don't necessarily see that on the episodes uh, as much, but they're always so busy building the, the set for HOH and then the set for Veto. So typically, after the Veto competition was over, we would get the, house, get the backyard Saturday night, midnight, one, two in the morning, sometimes Sunday morning, uh, and then we would normally have the backyard until maybe sometime Tuesday, and then they would sh lock us back inside. So they could build a set for the HOH the following Thursday. And so really it's only a couple of days. And when you're outside, I don't know, the fresh air and the sunshine, everyone's just happier and, and friendlier and all that. As soon as you get locked inside and get that old stagnant air and everything and people, 
just the stress levels ramp up at that point. You get that much more plotting and whispering and everything that goes on. And uh, so that was tough. And for me, there was a part of me that wanted to try to be involved in every single conversation because I was always afraid if I'm not part of the conversation, they may be talking about me. So I need to be active and everything else. But they would stay up till four or five o'clock in the morning. And there were lots of nights where I'd say, okay, guys, I've had enough. I'm going to bed. It's two in the morning. I'll see y'all in the morning. And they'd say, yeah, we'll see you in 30 minutes, Cliff. And sure enough, I'd be in bed. I'd hear them all talking and laughing. And I'd pop right back up, go talk to them again, go to bed, get back up. And so, yeah, you wanted to try to stay involved the, the, with everything as much as you could, but there was also a lot of downtime. And it was interesting, too, because it was such a different house from the beginning to the end. In the beginning, where there were 15, 16 of us in that house, you couldn't walk into a room without seeing three or four people, and half the time they're whispering when you walk in and you wonder what they're up to, and there's people everywhere. By the end, when there were just four of us in that house, I'd have a whole room to myself for for hours and hours on, on end and I have a whole wing of the house to myself at times. So I, I don't know what was better or worse. It was, it was just a very different vibe by the time we got to the end. And, and by then it wasn't as much about having fun either. When there were only four or five of us, everyone was very focused on that end goal and that $500,000. $500, so there wasn't quite as much playing around. It was very serious at the end. And now one of the things that you did do too is you would get up a little earlier than everyone else, right? And talk into the camera, give us your cliff notes, talk to your wife and your family. But then one day you were talking some sort of strategy or something and Christy overheard you. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that, that was horrible. And just as a background on that cliff notes, the, the reasons I did, there are a couple of reasons I, I did, got up early in the morning. One, it's just, I think just because of my job and everything else, I probably tend to get up earlier than a lot of people in the house anyway. But I realized early on, one is that if I was the only person up, the cameras are going to be on me. And being a fan of live feeds, being a fan of Big Brother for so long, I've always wished there was someone in the house that would just give, you, give us the, what's going through your mind, help us figure out the strategies and what's going on in the house. So I thought, all right, this is my chance just to sit in front of that camera, talk to all the live feeders that I know they're all watching if, if I'm the only person up and, and tell them what's going on. But it was also one of the very few times that I absolutely knew the cameras were on me. So I knew I could talk to my family and let them know that I was okay and everything was, was doing well and all of that. And so, yeah, I tried to make it a point as much as I could to, to get up and, and have my little conversations. But as my wife always said, I don't have a whole lot of a whisper voice. And I, I certainly proved that up uh, in, that, in that house or in, in that boat room where I do my cliff notes. Again, I, I've had people say, why didn't you go in the backyard on that hammock away from everyone? Uh, and, and I could, but being that we had the backyard for so little of the week, it, the boat room seemed like a good place to be. Uh, and, and it's kind of loud inside that, that room because there's a big AC vent above us. So you can't necessarily hear what's going on outside, but they can still hear what's going on inside as I found out. So yeah, Christy overheard me. The, the good thing, the only good thing about it, I suppose, well, a couple of things. One is that it was early enough in the game that I didn't really have a whole lot of real detailed strategies. I, I didn't say, oh, I'm going to target Christy and Tommy or anything like that. And she kind of sp spun it like that to some of the other people in their alliance. But all she really heard me do was talk about uh, that I recognized this big alliance was in existence. They weren't hiding. I, I could tell what was going on. 
and, and also I, I mentioned I had this little alliance with Ovi and Nicole and Christy, she could have done a lot more. If she kept quiet, she could have used that as leverage, as a threat over me and done a lot more. But she can't keep her mouth closed either. So she immediately went back and told everyone else in the Alliance. And, and I've seen the episodes and the live feed since then. And you know, they kind of just laughed at the whole idea that I had an Alliance with someone who already had been evicted and Nicole, who they didn't give any credit at all. So I, in some ways, it made me a little less of a threat. The fact that I, re that I recognized this Alliance existed wasn't great for my game. But it, it turned out OK at the end, because what I didn't realize is that later, Mickey actually came in and listened as well uh, to the next morning to, to hear me talking. But fortunately, when he heard me talking, he, he heard me saying that Mickey and Holly are probably the two people in that alliance that, that I trust that I really want to work with. And I'm going to do everything I can to try to work with them. And I think that actually helped Mickey and I, because since he overheard that, he knew that, that I truly was wanting to work with him more than anyone else. And, and it helped, helped connect us just a little bit tighter together. So it, in the end, I think the biggest thing with Big Brother keys to success is uh, other than winning challenges, which is kind of nice. But beyond that, you've got to be flexible and adaptable. And so, yeah, my game kind of got blown up. I had to change, pivot a little bit. And I laid it out to people like Tommy and said, hey, Tommy, I, I'm, I'm not hiding any secrets. You heard what I had to say. I'm just going to sit back and, and wait for this alliance to implode and I'll be there to work with you and everything else. And uh, so it, it worked in the end, but it could have been a whole lot worse. I, I was very lucky it didn't get any worse than it did. And like you said, you had a couple alliances. You had Mickey, you had Nicole on your side. And at one point, you also had Jessica, Kat, and Nicole as the three of them. Can you tell us what happened and what went wrong with that alliance? Yeah, that was a shame. Um, now that I look back and I realize that Kat was playing both sides and, and Jessica's pretty tight with Christy and all of that, it's like, oh man, you know, I don't know how well it would work anyway. Uh, but I, I wanted to work with them so, so badly. And what happened, unfortunately, is we kept get, getting put on the block against each other. So, so we didn't have any, any choices. Uh, Kat and I were on the block together and I worked some deals and made sure that it was her that went home instead of myself. Uh, Jessica and I were on the block the week that she went home. So it wasn't that I ever wanted to betray any of them. I, I really thought that would have been a great little little group of four to, to work with and, and work towards the end. But uh, again, we just kept getting targeted by, by the bigger alliance. And part of it as well was the fact that all of us, to some degree, were trying to work with that big alliance. And we all had our, our little connections within that alliance and, and trying to play both sides just a little bit. So from the start, I always knew I could trust Nicole. I, I felt like Nicole and I always had each other's back. Kat and Jessica, I, I love both of them. And I, I was so happy to work with them. And I would have done anything uh, to keep them around as, as long as possible also. Uh, but I also knew they had some other connections I had to be a little bit more cautious about. Yep, so you worked with Nicole. You both were nominated for America's Favorite House Guest as well. Tell us a little bit again about how it was like working with Nicole and the alliance that you formed and how you guys basically helped bring you guys as far as you did in the game. Yeah, it, it was a lot of fun because I think uh, Nicole initially was pretty tight with Ovi, as was I. And that's kind of how the three of us came together and said, all right, we're going to be a little alliance, which everyone laughed at. No one took us seriously at all. Uh, and then unfortunately, I hated when we had the battle back and it was either myself or Ovi and of course David and Kimmy as well. But you know, I hated that only one person came back and 
And so uh, we lost Ovi at that point. And I think once that happened, then Nicole and I just kind of pulled a little bit closer together because by then, I think we just started feeling like we were somewhat isolated. We had connections, but we didn't have anyone really that we could rely on 100%. And so we started spending more time talking to each other and we became an alliance and we became tighter, but I think it really kicked in uh, on the the week four uh, where she eventually ended up on the block besides myself. And we spent a lot of time that week saying, man, one of us is going to probably go home this week, but whoever's left, that fight, do this. And we talked a lot about a lot of strategy about going forward. And then when I won the battle back, so we still were both in the house. At that point, it's like, okay, uh, we've got our ride or dies. We're going we're gonna to take it to the very end. And uh, she was incredible. She was a lot of fun to, to, to work with. Just in terms of personality and being a person, it was so much fun working with her and uh, and all, but from a strategy standpoint as well, every week that we survived and we continued on, and I watched all these people who were so cocky and so arrogant, thinking they were going to go to the very end, and and yet here's here's Nicole and Cliff, the, the the unlikely duo that no one gives any credit, and we just keep going forward and forward, and yeah, I wouldn't have it any other way. And how were you able to remember in the house? what day it was and what happened on day 26 and day 31 and day 35 because you know you're in there (laughs) during all that time you don't have a you don't have a clock right you don't have a calendar no how did you memorize or think in your head who won this who did that on what day how how was that like for you yeah everyone uh, it gets back to what i said earlier describing a typical big brother week pure boredom you have nothing to do except just go over those days. And yeah, and I always wondered when I watch TV, how do they remember this? But when you're in the house and it's a 24-7 environment, uh, you, you just spend a lot more time with it. And you start off on that first week, you remember the activity, the nominations, everything that happens. Uh, and every week you just build a little bit more and a little bit more until at the end. I still know almost every day could tell you who was evicted on what day, what happened on this day. And uh, it just, I probably, uh, to the end of my days, I'll probably have that stuff memorized because at one point in time, that was so important. Uh, and I remember sitting in front of that memory wall some nights when other people were in bed, just staring at it, trying to pick one person and go through every single event that involved them, what day it was, what it was. Uh, and then going sequentially, day by day, chronologically, figuring out what happened every day. So I had every, all of it memorized uh, because, you know, at the end, there's always going to be some activities and some questions that involve it. And uh, yeah, it's uh, when you've got nothing else to do except memorize, uh, you do it. But you're right. You can't, there's no writing tools or anything else in there. So uh, you just have to rely on just rote memorization and, and just adding a little bit every, every week and, and hoping that you're right. Was there any player that really surprised you and impressed you that you thought, wow, I didn't see this coming. I didn't see this, that they would be such a strong player. Yeah, there were a few of them. Um, Tommy was one of those who, I still remember meeting Tommy on the first day. He's like the Energizer Bunny. He's just jumping around. He is so full of energy. And, and I love Tommy. And we, we were friends outside the house as well. He's just an amazing guy. Uh, but I knew he was going to be fun in the house, but I didn't really expect him to be such a strategic player. Uh, early, in the, early in the season, I knew he was part of that big Grateful Eight alliance and all of that, 
but I didn't really think that he and Christy were necessarily leading it as much as, as to some degree they were. Uh, and so I'll throw Christy in there as well. I feel like Tommy and Christy both were very strategic players, and that's who I love playing the game with. I've told, I just told Tommy last week, how did we not work together in that house? We're both such huge fans of Big Brother. We both love it so much. We, we both love the strategy of it. How did we end up on opposite sides in, in that house? Because we could have just dominated. I really think we could have dominated if we had worked together, but it just didn't work out. Throughout the whole season in that house, I had so much respect for Christy and Tommy both because I knew they were huge fans of the game and, and they were all about the strategy and, and just the, uh, the fun, the enjoyment of playing the game itself. What was it like being on the block? Because you were on the block a couple times. Tell, explain the process to us. How yeah. it was going through your mind every time you were on the block? I think of 13 weeks, I feel like I was on the block six times, if I recall correctly. I was on the block a lot. Now, sometimes I got pulled off before the actual vote. Sometimes I got put up once or twice as, as a replacement nominee. So I did it all different kinds of ways. But no, that's, that's tough. There, there's some... Even when you're told that you're just a pawn and, and even when you truly believe that someone else may be the bigger target, you don't know what's going to change, what's going to go on. Uh, the week that Nicole and I were on the block, I knew she was the big target, but I also knew that come eviction night that things were changing because suddenly people weren't looking me in the face. They kept going off into rooms and whispering and would avoid talking to me. So I realized something had probably happened and that maybe I was the target uh, that night as it turned out to be. Uh, but when you're on the when you're on the block, one, it's just you can't rest. You, you've got to just put everything in overdrive in terms of campaigning and talking and everything else. But it's even something is minor. Well, it's not so minor, but uh, when you walk into the storage room and you see your suitcase sitting there uh, on typically a, a Wednesday night or I guess, yeah, I think Wednesday night. And you've got to go pack your suitcase just on the off chance that you're going to get sent home. And so that really hits home when you're getting all your stuff, putting it in there, and you go to bed on that Wednesday night thinking, geez, this may be my last night to ever spend in the Big Brother house. And so you kind of have to face the reality that, that your game could be coming to an end. Whereas if you're not on the block, once that veto competition or veto ceremony is over and two other people besides you are on, on the block, those weeks you just kind of coast. I mean, you're still playing the game, but you can kind of take a breath of, of fresh air and relax knowing that you've got at least one more week before you go home. But yeah, it was brutal being on that block. There is nothing fun at all about that. And then on the reverse side, you did get to be head of household once, right? Yeah. I was, tell us about I, that. Oh, I was so, what an evening. I was so happy. I, I, I got booted from the house. I fought my way back in and then I won just a, a couple hours later, the HOH competition and was kind of the king of the house. And, uh, yeah, what a transition from, from that. That day was just a roller coaster. And all I could think of was my family back home watching this all on TV and, and the different emotions that they must have gone through in that 24 hour period or so. Uh, so, yeah, it, I was HOH, which was fantastic. It gave me a chance for everyone in the house to see pictures of my family, which just helped uh, humanize me just a little bit more and help develop relationships just a little bit more. And uh, and of course, I was looking forward to seeing the pictures and reading the letters and everything else. Uh, but what some people don't realize as well is uh, lots of times when we have the HOH, con it's always on Thursday night, the HOH competition. It's almost always. Uh, but for our particular competition that evening, it was a little bit later than usual. We didn't actually finish up the competition until, I don't know, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock. It was late. 
So by the time I got my HOH room, it was probably one o'clock or so in the morning. And nominations are always the next day uh, on Friday morning, but sometimes they're late morning, sometimes they're, they're early afternoon. In my case, they were early morning. They were I, like 9.30 or 10 o'clock in the morning. So I basically didn't get my room till 1, 1.30. Had people coming in trying to sell me and try to campaign for putting people on or not putting people on the block all night long. And then I had to get up and make such a huge decision with just zero sleep and very little time to, to ponder it and figure it out. So it was, that was a rough 24 hours. Now I was glad I wasn't complaining that I was up in that HOH room. Uh, and really I was the first person to win HOH that wasn't part of that big alliance. And so I think it wasn't just me, but a lot of other people in that house that suddenly uh, knew that, that maybe there was going to be a little bit of a change in the way things things were going. Now there's many competitions that you had during the course of the season. Is there one competition that you look back and you're like, oh God, I, I don't know how I got through this one. This is my least favorite competition and I never want to do this again. Yeah, there's, a, there's quite a few of those for me. I mean, look at me. I, there's competitions that, that this guy is not necessarily suited for. Uh, but I gave it everything I had. I, the very first competition, having to hold on to those logs and, man, I'm doing everything I can because I know I have to prove myself to some people. But I'm watching these smaller, petite people that are up there like, yeah, they just a walk in the park. And I'm struggling, but I stayed up as long as I could. Uh, yeah, there were a couple of challenges that as soon as I saw it, I thought, all right, this is not going to be Boss Hogs week to, to win HOH. Uh, hang on Fright, which was hanging up uh, on that wall. Uh, didn't. I didn't want to go out first, and I, I said, I'm not going to go first. I'm going to fight as long as I can, but, but hanging on to a wall probably isn't in my top competition. Uh, the other one was uh, uh, the slip and slide that Mickey won, running back and forth, really, uh, really wasn't going to be a great one for me. And I had torn a calf muscle as well, which didn't help at all in terms of that event. But the worst one of all was the very end, uh, the win it and you're in it, the veto competition that Mickey won ended up sending me out the door. Involved the giant slingshot and shooting the balls at, at the, uh, the pictures and all of that. And the competition itself, I, I don't know that it was that hard, but I was one of the first people to do that competition. And it was probably one o'clock, 1.30 in the afternoon. And it was so hot that day. It was just brutal. The, the heat coming down and me running back and forth trying to gather up those balls and, and launch them. And I tore up my knees. I had heat exhaustion. That was just, that was a rough competition for me. Uh, so yeah, there were, there were some comps that I really enjoyed. There were a few that, that I knew I wasn't going to win, but I still was going to give it 100%. And, and I wasn't going to quit until I'd finished the comp or done as much as I could. Was there any moment in the house where there was something you were thinking, just like maybe this one and this one is working together, um, that turned out to be false and you felt like, oh my God, I wasted a lot of time thinking this was true and it turns out to be false? Yeah, I, I'll, I'll give you the, the big one at the end was Tommy. Uh, people talk a lot about us voting Tommy out the door instead of Holly and the good or bad and, and it wasn't an easy. It was not an easy decision either way. But I really, I say I, I Nicole and I both suspected to some degree that uh, that Tommy and Mickey were working together. That they maybe had a little side alliance as well. Uh, Mickey, in all the times he had won HOH uh, and Holly as well, neither one of them had ever put Tommy on the block uh, as a nominee. 
during the hide and go veto, I told Mickey where I hid my veto. Uh, and he told me where he, he hid his because we were going to then make sure we didn't find each other's, hoping, hoping that one or the other would win. Uh, so I told him where I hid my veto. And then he went and discovered it and turned it in so that Tommy would win the competition. It's like, Mickey, you just screwed me over. Why, why in the world? And he gave me some excuse that he misunderstood what I'd said about where I hid. I thought you said bedroom and not bathroom. Hey, he knew. Uh, so he, he intentionally let Tommy win that over me. And then during the BB Comics competition, Nicole and I saw him kind of winking and smiling at Tommy before they announced the results. And so there were a lot of reasons that we thought uh, that the two of them maybe were working together which was one of the reasons that we were a little more willing to, to consider this story that Mickey told about Tommy and him having their conversation, which turned out to be a bald face, bald face lie anyway. Uh, but yeah, I really, I was watching the two of them through the whole second half of the, the season and, and just realizing that Mickey was never going after Tommy whatsoever. And so, yeah, that's certainly, when you're in a house and you have nothing to do but think, the paranoia is always in place. The wheels are always spinning. And that was the big one that I was always uh, looking at thinking, yeah, there's something more going on that, that I'm not privy to right now. Besides your wife and kids, what did you miss most being in the Big Brother house that you were not able to do anymore? Oh, yeah, I, there, there's a part of me wants to say food. It sure is nice when, when you can just run down to a cafeteria and go down to a restaurant or fast food and pick up something instead of just always fixing your own meals and all of that. But I, I think really the thing I missed most, obviously other than my wife and kids and family, uh, was, was just a lack of communication, the lack of news. Uh, we had on the 4th of July, right around there, we had two different earthquakes that we felt inside the house. And, and I, asked the, uh, I asked the big brother people and say, hey, are we okay? Uh, are people okay? And they said, Cliff, we can't give you any news. You know, I can't tell you. But I just had mental images of, you know, San Francisco and ruin some huge earthquakes. I, there were a lot of things like that where uh, I just wondered what was going on in the outside world and you know, what was I missing out on? I was missing my sports teams. I was missing my, my political news. What was going on with all of that? So I'm a news junkie. I always like keeping up with current events. And of course, that was 100% shut down. So that was a little tough also. What advice would you give somebody who wants to try out for Big Brother? Go for it. I mean, first of all, from, from the tryout standpoint, I, I've talked to too many people who get all upset if they don't make it on. You know, oh, oh, why didn't I make it? They told us that it's all about a puzzle. You can be the most perfect person in the world to be on the show, but if it doesn't quite fit with the other 15 people they're putting on, it may have nothing to do with you. It just, it, it truly is a puzzle piece. And I do believe that after seeing who got cast and everything. Uh, but if you're gonna try out for the show, you've got to treat the tryout as the adventure. And, and if you make it to the end, well then fantastic. That's, you know, that's icing on top and all that. But You've got to have fun during the entire tryout process and enjoy that, whether you make it in the end or not. Uh, once you get into the house, uh, the biggest advice I've got, uh, I've told a lot of people, you have to realize if you're going to win or, or do well in this game, it's not a sprint. It is a marathon competition. You can't come out of that door too fast and do everything the first week. You just have to develop your relationships, pay attention, just take a breath every once in a while. And, uh, and ride the thing out because it is a long 99 days inside that house. And the other thing I tell people, 
And I wish I'd learned it a little bit as well. I think maybe that's the difference between vets and newbies is you don't owe, you don't owe anyone information. If someone asks you a question, it's perfectly fine to say, I don't know, or say, I know, but I'm just not comfortable talking about it right now. No matter how much someone's saying, am I going home? Am I, are you going to vote for me or whatever? It's okay just to keep your mouth shut and say, yeah, you'll find out. Duh, you know, I, I don't owe you anything. Uh, because there is nothing that is said in that house that remains a secret. Uh, within minutes, it's, it can be around the whole house. Uh, you just can't trust anyone enough to ever think anything will, will actually stay a secret. Okay, and now it's time to play the lightning round. So right. I'm going to give you a couple things and you're going to choose which one you prefer. Okay. So we're going to start with words with friends or candy crush. Words with friends. Playing sports or watching sports. <laughs> Look at me. Uh, I, I'm going to have to say watching sports right now. Would you rather go to an arcade or watch a movie in a movie theater? Oh, I, I think probably watch a movie. I love Would my you movie. rather save money or spend money? <sighs> Spending money is a lot more fun, but I, I, I've got to say, though, I'm pretty conservative. I'll say saving money. Pizza or pasta? Oh, I can't, can't turn down my pizza. It's got to be pizza. <laughs> Which is better, a meme or a gif? My kids would give you a hard time with this. I, I'll say a, a meme. Gives me just a little bit more time to think about it. An art museum or a music festival? I, I'll go highbrow here and say an art museum. I like my art. Bowling or a game of pool? Oh, I played some pool in the Big Brother house, so I, I've done both, but I'll say pool. Listen to your heart or listen to your mind? I'm an engineer. I'm a very analytical person, so I've got to go with the mind on that one. Big Bang Theory or Young Sheldon? Oh, I like them. Oh, that's a tough one. Um, I'm going to say Young Sheldon because it takes place in Texas and I can relate. Leanne Rhymes or Carrie Underwood? Uh, probably Carrie Underwood. Poker or Blackjack? Oh. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go poker on that one. I love my Texas Hold'em. Okay. Thank you so much for joining us, Cliff, today. If fans wanted to get in contact with you, how can they reach out to you? Yeah, I appreciate it, Mike. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Cliff underscore hog. I'm, I'm also on Instagram at cliff.hog. Uh, but I also have my YouTube channel. That's where I'm doing a lot of my stuff right now. Right? Currently, I'm doing uh, recaps of the, the challenge, Double Agent. So I, I tend to drop those every Thursday after the Wednesday episode. So... Uh, come out to YouTube. I've got that. And I recap Big Brother All-Stars. So I've got a lot of different videos out there. So yeah, you can just search Cliff Hogg and find me on YouTube as well. All right. Thank you again so much for joining us today. Thank you guys for watching and we'll talk to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Thank y'all. SKD 143.